Hi everyone, welcome. It is Wednesday the 9th of June. Welcome to the 100 Pounders Overeaters Anonymous Special Focus Meeting. Today I am absolutely delighted to introduce Cindy B from Nashville. She's going to speak to us about her experience, strength and hope. In 1986, Cindy B walked into her first OA meeting at the age of 24. Her journey with this disease is one of a long relapse and coming back seven and a half years ago by having the gift of desperation, going to any lengths to experience emotional, spiritual and physical recovery. And I will hand it over to Cindy to explain how. Thank you, Cindy. Hello everyone. I am Cindy and I'm a gratefully recovering food addict. And by the grace of God, this 12 step program and my willingness to work the steps one day at a time, I'm here. If I would not have come back seven and a half years ago, I know in my heart that I wouldn't be here because I was living a slow suicide. This disease was killing me. So I wanna give you a little bit of background of where I've been with this disease and then talk about the long relapse and how I ended up back in the rooms and what life is today. So I believe I was born a, a compulsive overeater. At age four, I can remember getting out of my bed, going downstairs, getting something out of the freezer and eating it. I remember at age five, having a bag of something, um, eating so much of it that I threw up. And till this day, I've not eaten that particular food. I went on my first diet at age 12 and it was a pay and way. And the main reason I went on that diet was because in my elementary class, we had been, we were weighed and I was the second heaviest in the class. And my oldest sister, who's 14 years older than me, was aware for this pay and weigh program. And so I started dieting. It wasn't my mother telling me that I needed to lose weight. My mother never body shamed me. I just had issues surrounding food. So what I would do would be I would restrict for the first part of the week. And then when I went in on a Thursday to be weighed by my sister, I might add, which was, that's a whole nother relationship, a whole nother story. I would be weighed and I would, you know, have some success with that. And then I would proceed to eat whatever I wanted for the next three days until Monday, going back to school, I would restrict. And I remember an elementary teacher noticing that I was eating two pieces of fruit and where was my food? She saw it, she saw what I was doing. So this became a pattern of my life throughout my life from restricting to overeating, restricting, craziness. So as I grew up, um, my weight would fluctuate. I remember when I was a cheerleader in middle school, the uniform didn't fit me and my cheerleading squad um, leader. She had been a cheerleader in high school and she offered to let me use her uniform from high school. And I, and it was exact uniform that we actually wore and I didn't want to do that. So my solution was to wear a hoodie over it. I was the only one that did that in the games. And when it came time to have the picture taken, 
I intentionally didn't go to school. And so in the photo, in the, in the yearbook, there, there's no me in the photo. So as I went through high school, the same thing, my weight would go up and down, my cheerleading uniform would be too tight. Um, I would get made fun of. And so I made up my mind my senior year that I was going to lose weight because I wanted that uniform to look good. So I uh, lost the weight, um, kept it off, maybe put 15 pounds on over the year after I was a football cheerleader. So just to make it a long story short, I graduated from high school, I was 145. When I started college in September, it was the first major weight gain that I'd ever experienced. I was scared of going to college. I didn't like the change and I gained over 50 pounds in that short period of time. And so I started college, it was not a fun experience for me. I went to uh, a large university and the first quarter I didn't make very many friends. Um, I had, there was a girl on my floor that disliked me that um, pretty much turned a lot of people against me. And I asked my roommates about it, I said, why doesn't she like me? And they told me, they go, she, she doesn't like you because you have a pretty face and she doesn't. She was a large person and she knew everyone from the year before. It was a study floor. So it was a lot of sophomores on the floor. But I just, I remember just feeling less than and I rushed for sorority. And by the third round, I'd been cut from every single sorority. And it was a big school, so you didn't have to be in a sorority, but it was just part of it. And I was determined, I was going to lose that weight because the overachiever in me was like, I wanna be in um, a sorority, so I'm gonna lose the weight. So I started my dieting winter quarter and sure enough, lost 50, 60 pounds and I was dating and I was having the time of my life. And the next year I went through Rush and I'll never forget, I'm standing outside one of the houses and this girl looks at me, she, she goes, do you have a sister? And I said, yes, I have two sisters. She goes, did they rush last year? And I said, no, I said, they're, they're a lot older. I said, that was me. She, she thought that I was my own sister. And this would repeat um, throughout my life. And I always felt ashamed when I gained weight. And then I hated it when I would lose the weight and people would notice. Mm -hmm. So that was my, my own thing. So my senior in college, um, I had a spiritual experience. My understanding of God before that spiritual experience was that God was way out over there. You know, he was, I was scared of him. And I had this spiritual experience where I realized I could have a relationship with him, a close personal relationship with him. And I started to lose weight again because I'd put on some weight and I was a fashion major and I got into modeling, which is the worst thing for a person who has issues with food. Um, I, I'll never forget this. And this leads me to when I came into OA. I had been in a contest for the face of the 80s for a major modeling agency in New York City. And I was a semifinalist. And um, 
you know, I had the issue of food addiction. I would restrict and I would overeat. I didn't do the bulimia thing. Um, I tried it one time in college. It just didn't take. But I did have issues surrounding compulsive food behaviors. So within a year and a half of that event, I ended up in an OA. And I went with the sister I told you about that waved me back, you know, when I was 12. We go to a church and we're embarrassed to, to ask where the meeting is because it was Overeaters Anonymous and there was just something about the name. And I remember we asked this man, we said, where's the meeting? And he goes, what meeting? You know, the meeting. Oh, I think you mean the meeting up on the second floor. And I clearly remember that I qualified as I definitely eat too much. And when I walked into the OA doors that first time, I was 210 pounds. Excuse me. I had gained 60 pounds in a short amount of time. So I walked in. I didn't stay. You know, I, I have been in and out of the program um, since 1986. And so I want to fast forward to 2001 because at that point I was in the program. I was somewhat working some steps. I had a sponsor. I was going to meetings. I, I had physical recovery and I run, ran into a snag. And if, um, Lee, if you pull the pictures up, I'd appreciate it. So <laughs> I, life happened as with all of this life happens and if you'll um go back to the beginning that would be awesome so life happened and i couldn't stop eating and i was ashamed i didn't know what to do i didn't um I couldn't stop. I was going to every fast food restaurant and manageable, I mean, possible. I was just out of control and I was so full of shame and embarrassment. And I want to show you real quickly what relapse does. Now I'm going to move my camera. If you can see this picture right here, this is a picture that was taken five months before I dropped out of OA in 2001. I was trying to decide, do I get back into modeling? There was, you know, and so I had some photos taken and five months later, I dropped out. And I just wanna impart on people, don't leave. Even if you can't stop eating and you're crazy and you have issues, it is better to be here and relapse than it is to be outside of this group. And so this picture was taken in 2009 and I was in Ireland and we were ready to sit down for a five course meal. Um, it was my birthday. We were at a castle hotel. It was my sister and I, the one that, uh, that I've spoken about. And I had, she had been buying me drinks in the library and we were eating what they call nibbles. And I mean, we were stuffed and they kept giving us more, giving us more, giving us more. And when I look at that picture, the thing, not just the physical aspect of what this disease has done to my body, but the, look at the eyes. There's a deadness in the eyes. Now I had the living God living inside of me, but because I was so into my addiction, you can't see it. 
this disease for me is very self-centering, very selfish, very shameful. Uh, well, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of, of having the addiction anymore, but I, at that point, I felt a lot of shame. It was a point where when I left this program in 2001, because I couldn't stop eating, that was a mistake. The next mistake I left was leaving my church community. Those are two things that I need. I need the people in this program because y'all understand where I come from with this disease and I understand you and without you, I can't do this alone. Not even in isolation with God. I need this group for support, but I need them. I need to be of service to people and I'll get to that later. So at this point in time, um, I had a career. I had changed careers. I was in the tech field at that point. Uh, my life was for eight years was work. And going. I went back to graduate school. I went and got some tech certifications. So it was all about food and work. There were no relationships. Um, with people other than family members who don't even live in this city. Um, I did have a, a couple friends I grew up with that I kept in touch with, but my life was overindulgence. It was my relationship with God was gone and it wasn't anything that he had done. It was my choice to walk away from that relationship. There was no intimacy. It was, as I've said before, God was Santa Claus. Can you get me a nicer house? Can you get me a promotion at work? Can you get me this? Can you get me that? There was no communication unless I wanted something. And that's addict behavior. That's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not a good place to be. But it comes to a point where it's a, it was a normal for me. It came to a point where I, food was an anesthetic and it was a normal for me. Yes, my body moved slower. Yes, I, I just get, I lost hope. I just said, well, this is the way it's going to be. And I just am going to live like that. So I dropped out of church in 2005. I'd been with the music ministry. And once I did that, that's when I got to be over 300 pounds. And actually, if you'll go to the next slide, please. This photo was a year later. It was in Colorado uh, for a wedding of my niece. And um, I, when I look at this photo, I, I didn't realize I was this large. And I will tell you that a picture tells me what I, where I look like. Even with the scales, I was not on the scales yet. I didn't weigh for many years. And even when my weight would go down, I wouldn't weigh. So I had no idea to gauge where I was at. So one year later, I end up in a doctor's office. And it was, it was because of a friend of mine who urged me to go to the doctor. I called her and I said, look, you know, I don't know, my, something's going on with my chest. And I wasn't one to get anxiety or that kind of thing. I just, there was something not right. And she was like, you need to get to a doctor now. And so I compromised. I said, look, I'll get some vacation time next week. I'll, you know, make arrangements, find a doctor, all this stuff. So I end up in a doctor's office. And the funny thing about it was I said, I, to myself, I go, I bet I weigh 
306 pounds and I was 302. Now, I believe that I got larger than that based on these pictures, a medical professional saw them. And um, I believe that uh, I did get, uh, that she, she said she thought I probably hit 340. It doesn't matter, the number's the number, but that's how bad it got. So when I, uh, the doctor that I saw, he was very compassionate. He gave me my options. He said, you know, you can get gastric bypass. I knew that wouldn't work for me. I'm too crazy. I knew that I didn't want to give up specific foods and I knew that was going to work. So he wasn't one to put me on medication. He gave me a week. I, my blood pressure was through the roof. He wouldn't even tell me what it was at that time. I was borderline diabetic. So he gives me a, a book to, you know, for diet, diet, a book for healthy eating for diabetics. And so I start on the train of dieting, eating healthy. I started to release some of the weight. He takes me off the medication, but I had the craziness of the dieting. That's what landed me back into OA. I was so humbled and humiliated, but people don't care. People are accepting. I had not stepped into, a, I hadn't stepped into a room in 12 years. They had moved the office here in Nashville. I thought Google took me to the wrong spot. And of all meetings I ended up into, it was a relapse meeting. And I walked in that day, they were having a, a workshop and I saw my sponsor. I hadn't seen her in 12 years. She saw me at the door and I'm gonna cry because this is what OA is about. People are so accepted. There's nowhere in the earth that you can't feel accepted, but within this group, no church community, no com any community outside these rooms, any 12 step room, people take you as you are and help you. And I walked into that room and she saw me and she came over to the, over to me and she gave me an embrace. And I, and I, she said, how are you? And I said, I'm better now. And when I sat in that meeting, I looked around at the faces. There were people that I remembered from 12 years prior and they hadn't dro dropped out. So they I'm stayed in. Thank you. They stayed in. And I was so emotional and spiritually bankrupt. I didn't care if I ever released another pound. I, I was willing to go to any lengths which meant I needed to work the steps, not just um, read the steps. I had to live the steps. I had to do things differently. If you'll go to the next slide, please. I, I wanted to show this picture because I am 15 pounds heavier now, I'm about 10 maybe, than this picture. No, actually, I'm sorry, 15. That was on my birthday. That particular photo, I, before seeing this photo, I thought that I needed to lose 15 more pounds. That's the craziness of this disease. And looking in the mirror, oh, I need to be at this magical number. No, that's, that's nuts. So I wanted to, to show that to you. So when I came back, I was willing to go to any lengths. That meant I need to do 90 meetings in 90 days. That mean to, mean, meant I need to do a phone call. I'd never done a phone call before. Reach out to someone saying, hey, this is an outreach call. How can I 
you know, how are you today? Getting out of myself. I had never sponsored anyone. I had a sponsor myself when I was in in 2001. Before that, all the times I tap danced in and out, never had a sponsor. I was treating it like diet and support. I was so broken when I came in because life had hit that, okay, what can I do differently? I started looking around the room to, to, at the recovery of the people that surrounded me. Oh, she has great spiritual recovery. I wonder if she'd be my spiritual sponsor. My first sponsor back was someone that talked about working the steps and applying it to her life every time she spoke. She was a recovering alcoholic. She was young enough to be my daughter. And I, every time I heard her speak, I'm like, I like which the recovery she's got. I want her to sponsor me. So she sponsored me through the big book. I looked around at people who were emotionally healthy and that could help me with that part of the, the disease. I just was willing to go any length. I started to give more service. I actually um, did a, was in charge of a fashion show for a Region 8 convention. They'd never had any fashion shows. So I dressed our members into the clothes of the boutique that we were going to sell, we're going to sell. And so I worked on that for a year. I was just willing to do anything. So if you'll go to the last couple slides and I, I want to kind of tie this up where I'm today. The reason I put this photo in here, and by the way, this photo and the next photo are touched photos. So when you look at photos in magazines or even, you know, Instagram now, whatever, you know, filters, she touched this photo up for a magazine article. But I wanted to share this because this was the first time in any kind of photo, sh photo shoot that I actually felt beautiful. And it was for my hats. Um, it was a local arts magazine. And I, it was just a beautiful experience with this person who uh, was creative. And we came together on the wardrobing. And it just was a good experience. And I was grateful to have that, that, that God did that. Now, how did I have that experience? That's because I got out of this disease and started living life. I started to discover some passions that I had from years ago that this food addiction destroyed. And I'm not saying it's my, you know, I chose to do what I did. So I got to take responsibility for that. But I started actually living life. Instead of living life behind screens and meeting people, I started to get out into the, the community and start connecting with people. And I started, um, discovering my love of fashion and to dress people and to have shows and to, to enjoy that part of what God has, the passion he's created in my soul. And so if you'll go to the next last slide, I wanted to show this photo because in that outfit, I was wearing a gown and she was rearranging. She came up with the idea to put this shrug down and she made a comment to me, she goes, I can see you're not comfortable with your arms. And, you know, the disease will destroy the body. And I said, I'm not comfortable showing my disease today. And I shared a little bit with her of my journey. But um, anyway, if you'll, you can take those down, thank you. Um, I just wanna end this, um, go over three things and I'm looking at my notes here. So, What's different today? Uh, my life is completely different. 
I pray and meditate because I've always been good at praying, not so good at meditating, listening to God. I try to pray, pause, pause, pray, proceed, because my mouth gets me into a lot of trouble. That's a character defect. So I have to watch what I say and make sure it's going to be a blessing to someone. And if it's the time to say it, and I ask myself uh, many questions, I send in a food plan. Now, some people say, well, I don't need to have a food plan. I got a food plan 10 months back and I've been sending in my food to the same food sponsor since 2014. Um, it's important to be held accountable. I'm an addict all life. So um, I sponsor people. I have a sponsor. I try to give service. I attend meetings. Meetings are a lifeline for me. If I don't attend meetings, I'm back to uh, being in the food and telling myself I can leave the program. Can't do it anymore. I don't have it in me for a huge relapse. So emotionally, I try to act on life instead of reacting. Um, do I need to make an amends to someone? I have to live the steps, not just study the steps. I have to live the steps. So if I pause, pray, and proceed nine times out of 10, I'm not going to have to make an amends, which means I got to go back and do that. Uh, the spiritual side, I am, my relationship with God is huge and it's only because of the, of his grace in this program. If I didn't have him and these steps and my church community and my OA community, I'd be back in the food and then you may as well just put me in the ground because of my age. I'm older. So, you know, I'm living on borrowed time. And the last part, the physical part, alcoholic foods are not a part of my uh, food plan. And the red light foods are my alcoholic foods. The yellow light foods are those iffy foods that nine times out of 10 end up being on the red light list. And then of course the green light foods are the foods I need to, to live. Um, I have to move my body. Thank God I can dance now. I couldn't dance for many years and that is a hobby of mine. So I can dance, I lift weights, um, I walk. I just try to take care of and have a balanced life. Is it a perfect life? Of course not. Life's always going to happen. I just can't afford to, to be in the food. So I want to thank you for allowing me to give service today. And I hope that um, something resonated with you. If I can leave you with anything at all is don't leave no matter what. Keep your but I'm going to be nice. Keep your butt in the seat because this disease is progressive and I certainly have proven it in my walk with this disease. So thank you.